<laughs> too late, sir. Too late, sir. Well, I'll uh, give it a couple minutes. Let some more people come on in. Thanks, everyone, for coming back. We know it's been quite a while, but we are back. We'll be at a monthly cadence, uh, I believe, every first Wednesday of the month. And then we'll wait for Sonny to hop in. Good to see you, Will. Good to see you, uh, Mad Cat, Winfred. You lots of friendly faces in the crowd. Who's uh, Opa? Hey, Opa, Makina, Lloyd, Arun. Yeah, so the, uh, the Dimension launch, quite the, quite the activity on Osmosis today. What is this today? Like uh, 11 million in volume in about 24 hours. Let's check it. And we had deposits I, like turned off. Yeah, right? yeah. I think those are, I think those are still turned off. Um, but they need to be turned back on soon here. Yeah, I think we're at 12 million in volume for 24 hour. Give it another two minutes and then we'll get rolling. We'll get Sunny added as a speaker. All right, we'll give it one more minute here. Uh, agenda today is Sunny's gonna come in with a few quick little updates. Uh, Roman's gonna speak next, give us some big updates on the, on the router changes. Uh, some some significant improvements have been made. Essentially, a gigantic, fat, nice, juicy rehaul. Um, and then Adam's going to come on and talk about the epic chain performance upgrades that he's been diligently working on. Uh, so yeah, I think we should go ahead and start with Sunny here on the little mini updates. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to uh, hop in and hey to everyone. Uh, been a while since the last. Uh updates from the lab and you know how many months has it been like three or four months um i don't know i guess uh the biggest update is uh we're back baby uh osmosis is back and kicking it um and yeah like you know just been seeing a lot of like great volume and over the last few days um last few weeks months at this point but uh you know celestia tia has uh been growing um we it's overtaken Adam in daily volume, which is, uh, you know, even at its peak, I don't think Luna ever overtook Adam in volume on osmosis. So that's uh, pretty interesting to see. Um, but then on top of that, we have, uh, you know, new token launches. Uh, we have like, obviously Dimension launched yesterday that that brought in a lot of new volume. And I'm just, you know, there's so many projects launching like in, you know, Stuff I'm excited for, you know, Namada, Babylon. Um, you know, there's a couple of like major, major L1s working on like IBC integration that like, you know, like like top ten market cap L1s working on IBC integration, and like we're we're are like working on getting like like using Osmosis as their like 
go to market on their inter interchange strategy. So there's just a lot of fun stuff happening right now. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll you know kick it over right now to start with. Actually, with, I had a uh, question um, mm -hmm. with the dimension launch, and maybe this is better for Adam to touch on, or or Roman. Um, with the new implementations with like chain performances, uh, performance upgrades, how did Dimension compare to Tia? I don't know if the numbers were comparable, but you know, were they comparable? And I guess, you know, what, what, what did we notice from the upgrades that we did versus how it performed with Dimension? So um, maybe Adam or Roman can talk about it, but one thing I noticed is that uh, in the Celestia launch, uh, the osmosis chain was actually was like a you know our mempool was getting hit like crazy and like uh, was like kind of the the problem. Uh, this one, while there were IBC issues uh, with like channel clearing and stuff, it was actually mostly on the dimension chain side. The osmosis chain was seemed to have been like you know our new mempool work has from what I could tell was working pretty seamlessly. It's like now I guess now we have to what we have to do is take the you know, mempool work that we've done on osmosis and like export it to more Cosmos yeah, chains. So I'm looking at the uh, the 24 hour chart here, and uh, there was I think like four blocks that were full the entire 20 last 24 hours, and uh, the mempool didn't flinch once. So yeah, it was it was if we had the same logic as we had during the TIA launch, we would have probably felt it. Well, we definitely would have felt it. So um, uh, how, how much bigger was the TIA launch? Like in terms of, I guess, you know, the mempool and, and congestion. I actually can't answer that. All I can look at is the, is the charts in terms of, you know, I, I know that people were spamming osmosis trying to get uh, deposits in. So there was definitely, there would have been pain uh, with, with previous implementations. Uh, something also to add, like for the future, uh, is that uh, we are working closely with the Skip team uh, on Block SDK integration which uh, would be pretty interesting to allow like custom lanes for certain kinds of transactions. Uh, and uh, that would uh, mitigate uh, uh, some of the congestions uh, even further uh, going forward. Do we know the timeline on the block SDK with Skip? Uh, we are currently in testnet mode where uh, we are uh, trying to rerun some of the integration and plot tests. Uh, we are expecting that maybe within the next two major upgrades, um, right now we're working on V23, so either in V24 or V25, we're likely to uh, uh, focus on integrating that. So this is like in our very near future. Exactly. Awesome, awesome. And will other chains be able to benefit from this as well? You know, assuming, you know, Osmosis leads the way and then they just copy and paste. Does it work like that? Yeah, I'll talk about it during my updates. But like anything that's expandable to the uh, Cosmos, we're upstreaming like 100%. So like uh, it's kind of a pet peeve of, mine slash ours is that when people do things to their own chain and aren't you know bothered to to upstream it it's kind of the wrong move so, so we are uh, growing the pie right oh 100 yeah <laughs> awesome okay cool let's uh let's hop over to roman then um get the uh get the router conversations going so roman can you tell us about one like going back to before the uh the new router changes took place and you know what was the problem back then and and how did this problem you know, exist? Why did it exist? And I guess after that, the, the new one and how did this solve so many of the, the um, pain points? Uh, yes, for sure. Happy to dive into that. So um, I'll just preface that uh, I think for a very long time, our uh, front-end swap router 
uh, was like the best in class in terms of performance uh, and UX. Uh, if we if we go to our uh, uh, app page and uh, uh, compare it like router performance, it would be in the milliseconds. Uh, compare that to some of the competition where it would take maybe multiple seconds to get a quote. So would this competition and, be like Uniswap? Uh, exactly. Uh, right now, like I I was just uh, uh, confirmed recently, they are catching up. I think uh, uh, in terms of the architecture, they're likely to move uh, in similar direction with us. Uh, but I'll dive more into the details uh, as, as we go along. But basically, uh, the reason why we had this uh, incredible performance uh, is because our uh, router was implemented by I think, Tony and John uh, directly in the client side, where uh, all of the computations uh, and uh, uh, swap estimates would be computed directly in the browser. So there is no need to actually uh, uh, run any uh, network requests, interact with smart contracts or a query chain, uh, which always uh, is the major cause of delay uh, due to network. Um, and uh, uh, that ended up uh, for us to enjoy this uh, increased performance but then uh, you folks might remember that uh, in this summertime, we had this uh, huge concentrated liquidity uh, launch. And uh, um, with, with the new pool types, uh, uh, concentrated liquidity pool types, and the uh, co complexity for the uh, front end side uh, drastically increased. Uh, so even if we think in terms of how much data is needed to compute uh, a quote or a swap estimate a route, uh, like the core of the problem is uh, uh, trying uh, to run swap estimates. And with uh, old classical pool types, uh, the only pieces of data that we care about is the reserves in the pool, like how much of one or the other token uh, we have there. Whereas with concentrated liquidity, uh, you might be familiar with the concept of ticks and being able to set like custom narrow positions. We need so much more data to uh, uh, be able to estimate and compute that. So um, uh, with the CL launch, uh, the complexity of uh, data processing and uh, data handling on uh, our uh, front-end side has increased. And um, uh, this like uh, design choice that uh, preferred performance uh, at the start uh, has started catching up with us uh, in terms of uh, uh, some of the uh, difficulties with uh, uh, managing that uh, uh, code base. And uh, we started observing some of the uh, production incidents around uh, a fall, like the uh, our uh, product and front-end team always aims to uh, deliver uh, products in highest quality and uh, as fast as possible. So the velocity has been uh, really incredible, but uh, working with that complexity kind of uh, led to uh, some of the swap router issues, which we then uh, started thinking more uh, uh, about addressing. Uh, I'll just pause here to see if there are any questions before I uh, go into the actual solution. Yeah, uh, I had some questions about, uh, you said that we used to use, or the router was on the client side and now it's on the browser, browser side back. Um, you know, when Tony and John implemented that, were there, are there any benefits to the client side or is it all benefits on the browser side? So uh, when I say like, uh, client or browser, uh, I uh, mean essentially the same thing. So uh, the uh, computation or like the, the logic that uh, estimates the swaps 
uh, it's uh, um, basically uh, running on uh, the user's machine that is like in their browser. Um, and what we've changed right now is that uh, we started supporting various uh, implementations so that uh, uh, the next iteration of the router, uh, it uh, leaves actually on the backend side, which I will go uh, deeper next. Okay. Uh, good information. So, I mean, and some benefits of the client side is that it is like, you know, a little bit more decentralized because like you're not relying on a server to give you the quotes while, you know, the, the, the point of what we've done is we've built an open source one that like anyone can run the server. Uh, so there's a number of teams running it, but, and eventually I, I'd like, I, I imagine that we'll move to a world where like every osmosis validator will be running it. But at the moment, it it does the the client side one does have that benefit that it is a little bit more decentralized because you're just like running it yourself, which is nice. Gotcha. And Roman, um, can you talk about how big of a lift this was? I know it's like incredibly complex and it took multiple months, but like what went into this lift? How was it like planned out and strategized? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, we ended up uh, investigating. Uh, developing a completely uh, separate uh, off-chain service from scratch. So um, we explored uh, various different uh, designs, but uh, uh, landed on having a separate like uh, uh, off-chain service that we run with the uh, uh, close to the actual full node. And uh, um, uh, the, the uh, during the architecture phase, we uh, tried to account for uh, various constraints, such as uh, how can we build it in an extensible way so that we can uh, upload uh, more data going forward. Uh, think about uh, decentralization in the end, as Sunny mentioned, so that we can eventually uh, um, uh, require the majority of the validators running that, um, as well as uh, the general performance to uh, account for the uh, most immediate uh, issue of solving our swap router uh, uh, problem. And uh, uh, the architecture that we landed on is uh, where, uh, okay, we have uh, several um, uh, uh, full nodes uh, running in uh, uh, different geographical locations. And every uh, uh, such node uh, is having a sidecar uh, uh, process uh, running. And at the end of every uh, like height or block, uh, the full node ends up uh, pipelining uh, the pool data uh, into this off-chain service. So essentially, uh, the, uh, uh, we do not persist uh, any data in this new service, but it, uh, it, it gets like overwritten every block. And then uh, when uh, a, a user quote arrives uh, uh, in the application, or in the browser, uh, what ends up happening is that um, uh, we start interacting with this uh, off-chain web server uh, that operates on the uh, data that is uh, updated every block. And that leads to a number of uh, uh, new improvements, uh, such as uh, allowing us to cache a lot of the data, optimize it, and uh, uh, provide many of the performance uh, benefits while also ensuring strict quality uh, due to like having this uh, service be separated 
and uh, be able to test uh, extensively as its own component. Uh, given how complex it is, how robust is it? You know, I, I know the uh, previous router had some issues and like you know, some users were reporting, you know, like swaths were just, or like, you know, there was the, the, was it the squid and DYDX forum proposal? And this wasn't like our fault, of course, but like, you know, sometimes they allowed for these things um, or also <clears throat> like random users would be, you know, chatting with the OSL reporting like, hey, like, you know, this doesn't add up. Um, does this like protect against a lot of these issues that people saw? Yeah, so um, we actually like currently we are supporting various implementations of the um, router uh, in, in the application. And the way it works is that uh, the app uh, uses uh, three different types, our legacy one, our new off-chain server, which is called SQS, uh, that, that stands for Sidecar Query Server. And we also uh, have uh, uh, integration with TFM. So the, the uh, end router ends up picking the best uh, quote, but also what we have right now is the observability into the system. Uh, uh, what that means is that we, we know which router is being picked up the most and uh, provides the highest quality quotes, uh, and we can compare and contrast them uh, across various implementations. So our new sidecar uh, is uh, uh, currently the winner and has been uh, since the integration at the end of December. Is this uh, the winner the, like at a, on a hundred percent of quotes or just like ninety nine percent of quotes? Uh, in terms of how many quotes it's uh, uh, processing, it would probably be like around seventy uh, percent of all. Uh, so thirty percent is uh, uh, still going to other router implementations. But uh, um, given like the um, uh, uh, complexity of this problem, like this is a, a, a huge. Um, uh, a huge improvement, and um, uh, also like the, the way that our uh, router works is that it, it picks uh, the best uh, quote within a certain time frame. So it is possible that our sidecar would be able to provide a better quote uh, under like uh, a little bit more of time. But uh, uh, the overall ar architecture that landed on where uh, we select the best quote out of three implementations. It's all done so that uh, like our uh, users can uh, enjoy the highest quality independent of the uh, like underlying route provider. You, you mentioned uh, TFM. Um, why, like one for maybe those that don't understand, like why do they have a router? You know, they're another front end. Um, how do they, how do they like, this is like a pretty big lift. So I guess what motivated them to create their router? And then I guess, is their router better than the legacy router or is the legacy router better than TFM's current router? Mm -hmm. So um, TFM, uh, they have their own product suite uh, centered around uh, uh, swaps as well as like cross-chain swaps. Uh, so they have their own application and uh, also have developed a, a pro-trade UI for Osmosis where they um, uh, pr pr primarily utilize their router. So during the time when we had uh, incidents uh, uh, with our legacy one uh, in default time, uh, our most immediate, uh, uh, the most immediate problem that we were trying to solve is like, how can we ensure that we, we get uh, uh, working high quality quotes to our uh, users? And so we decided that while we are getting our own service off the ground, uh, which might take a few months, 
it, it ended up uh, taking us two. Uh, but in the meantime, we uh, uh, decided to partner up with uh, the TFM team, who uh, were uh, uh, very like helpful to offer their API endpoint uh, for us to integrate. So uh, John on the client side or on the front end, he ended up uh, generalizing the router so that now uh, it is possible to interact not only with the legacy one, but also um, uh, integrate TFM in the meantime. And to answer the question about performance, um, so for uh, uh, in terms of uh, route quality, TFM uh, is uh, much superior to our legacy. It's uh, due to the kind of algorithm that it uses for the route search. Uh, basically, if if I am to specify the details of the algorithm, you can uh, search the routes uh, uh, by uh, breadth, or you can search them by depth. So our legacy router tries to go like deep into uh, a sequence of pools to find uh, how to get from uh, token A to token B, uh, whereas uh, TFM and our new one uh, uh, does does this in the breadth first search matter, uh, which ends up leading to higher quality. But uh, then there is a trade-off. Um, uh, with TFM, we are observing some of the um, latency delays. Uh, and our client uh, ends up providing um, much faster quotes. So the logic that we have uh, in our application right now is that we provide the best quote we can find within the uh, fastest time frame. But then uh, if uh, within a certain time period, let's say two seconds, uh, a better quote arrives either from TFM or our sidecar query server, then we immediately replace that uh, with uh, with a superior route and does um, that show on the front end like um you know because i don't know if like there needs to be a refresh or something but if someone's like putting in their swap and they haven't executed the swap yet um i guess how, how would that work if like someone is executing like for some reason just spam clicking and they 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 get to it before those two seconds like do they just miss out on that better quote um uh, the way it functions is that uh Assuming that the uh, time differences would be uh, uh, that high, uh, uh, yes, uh, then they would uh, uh, then then such user would end up with the worst quote. But it all happens near instantaneously. So, like when I'm using the app, sometimes I can see something like uh, in a blink of an eye changing. Uh, but uh, uh, most of that uh, like time difference is uh, negligible uh, uh, in terms of, like the human eye. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, going from here, how does the router improve further, or is this like maxed out improvement already? Uh, there are uh, many exciting improvements to be made, and uh, routing is actually like uh, an NP hard uh, problem uh, uh, where uh, to uh, implement it correctly, like, there's the, uh, this like convex optimization problem. And uh, uh, implementing optimal routing is really hard. Uh, I don't actually know of any production implementation that uh, uh, uses this uh, convex op convex optimization. So uh, there is a lot to be done in that direction. Uh, uh, there's a lot of research that uh, uh, outlines how to do this. And our router is currently very opinionated. So it uh, makes certain heuristics to rank pools 
but uh, uh, we could always work more towards uh, improving these heuristics or actually focus on this convex optimization problem. Uh, what we are also noticing is that um, uh, having moved this router off chain, uh, we basically created uh, like a new microservice. And uh, I previously mentioned that uh, this service is uh, geographically distributed in uh, uh, three areas, so US, uh, Europe, and Asia, where we also have uh, uh, redundancy of those servers uh, running, so that like, if one goes down, we can easily uh, uh, rely on a second one. And what we are observing is that the um, operational work uh, is uh, uh, quite uh, challenging, but at the same time interesting. And we are going to be focusing on um, improving our like off-chain services operations. Uh, another like uh, maybe side point to add here is that we are observing uh, that uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, use cases that we could uh, start uh, um, moving off-chain uh, to for better performance. Uh, such as uh, incentive distribution, for example. Uh, so we're going to evaluate how we can uh, create a, a service that uh, could uh, simplify uh, our uh, epoch uh, uh, time. Um, uh, and uh, um, this epoch time is basically uh, bottlenecked by, uh, by the incentives. And uh, uh, this is like another interesting use case that uh, we think that uh, all these off-chain services will enable. Uh, also, to, to add here, like uh, uh, we are uh, 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 forming a team right now around uh, uh, all this interesting off-chain and uh, platform uh, work uh, to help us continue like exposing uh, uh, high-quality APIs to uh, the application and our our excellent front-end team while at the same time thinking about how to uh, move uh, some of the uh, complexity into all these new services. Uh, we're also going to be focusing on improving the observability into our uh, chain stack. Uh, essentially, this is going to be a platform data pipelines engineering team. So if you're interested in uh, problems uh, like this one, and there are a lot that we can think about and solve uh, and a lot of value to be unlocked for our users. So please reach out to me uh, if you are interested. Awesome, Roman, awesome. Uh, maybe we should open up to uh, the floor for some questions on the router, if anyone has router questions. And if there are no router questions, we'll um, hand it over to Adam. Well, uh, I'll, I'll ask something that uh, I already know the answer to, but uh, you know, I'll phrase it as a question. Uh, Astroport is launching their pools within the next uh, probably two to three weeks. Will the router split over those Astroport pools as well? Um, so uh, with the uh, new Astroport pools, the way it is implemented is that uh, this is a, a Cosmos pool. So uh, a Cosmos pool is uh, implemented as a smart contract. And uh, um, uh, we are enabling various types of Cosmos pools to be supported. For example, besides uh, Astroport, there is also a transputer one. Uh, transputer uh, allows one-to-one no-slippage -one no swaps between the assets. 
but the uh, astroport one is a bit more complex requiring a very difficult uh, um, not very difficult but like a custom uh, implementation uh, so the, uh, what we uh, opted uh, in for uh, uh, currently is to um, uh, query the smart contract directly for estimating swaps uh, uh, for Coswas uh, smart contract pool types. Uh, and uh, uh, what that uh, leads to is uh, uh, the higher number of network requests, uh, which uh, results in uh, decreased performance. So uh, uh, the split routing that you uh, folks always uh, or uh, like often see on our front end, uh, it's very computationally intensive uh, because we uh, 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 try to um, uh, see uh, what are the various proportions and what is like the most optimal split. And if we were to do this with uh, a cosmos pool such as Astroport, uh, uh, this would uh, uh, result in an increased delay. Uh, as a result for the time being, uh, the Astroport uh, uh, pools are excluded from speed routes, but we have uh, full, uh, full support of that already uh, tested on testnet where uh, Astroport direct um, Direct pool uh, routes will be enabled once it is live on mainnet. Awesome. Awesome, Roman. Thank you. Thank you. Adam. Hey. Tell us, let's, uh, let's dive into, you know, I guess the old state of the chain and the old state of performance and maybe like a little breakdown of, you know, what was it that, um, you know, was such an issue with the TIA launch and performance there uh, compared to other chains, you know, it's my understanding that all chains would have experienced this, just all chains do not get the, uh, you know, the traction and the activity that Osmosis gets. So yeah, let's, let's dive into that. Yeah. So um, first let's talk about, you know, why performance is important. Uh, I mean, there's some obvious reasons, but the less obvious reason is Osmosis is moving towards stuff like, you know, perps and native bridging and, you know, when the chain is down every day for, you know, four, five minutes for Epoch, and then if the chain gets spammed and that's down for, you know, you can't get transactions in, things like perps just don't work. I mean, uh, aside from this, there's the obvious thing of like, you know, users being, you know, mad about, you know, the chain not working well, as well as integrators. You know, uh, a lot of the devs are, are, are reading the comments on the Telegram. Um, and, you know, I always get very sad when people are mad, but also, you know, shout out to that one guy who always asks about double EXP weekend on osmosis. Uh, it kills me every, every time. But, um, so th the question is, you know, what, what were the problems? And so I'll go into that, uh, now. So, uh, we implemented this EIP 1559, uh, and if you were to notice, like it actually worked like really well, and then all of a sudden it just like stopped working well. So. Uh, I wanted to go into kind of like why that happened. Uh, we kind of were like uh, experimenting with different values. We realized that, you know, maybe we were, uh, we wanted to recover the base fee quicker, et cetera. So we made this state compatible change and like half the validators moved to it, half didn't. Um, and so because of that, uh, there were like the way some validators saw a base fee was different from what the other validators saw as a base fee. And so what that did was it caused a lot of blocks to be like zero transactions because, you know, the validators said, hey, I see the base fee is this. Um, the transactions are coming in that are lower than this base fee. So no transactions we get in. 
Uh, so that that was an easy fix, like, you know, just get everybody on the same logic. Uh, the next thing is, you know, the block size, the, uh, we increased it to hold more transactions, uh, as well as we reduced the amount of gas that each transaction takes up. So this is kind of my bad is that uh, in V21, I introduced this like uh, per block tracking of transaction fees. Uh, basically, what we wanted to do was, you know, you see that really cool graph where uh, we see, you know, each day what we're getting in terms of protorev, what we're getting in terms of swap fees, and uh, all that needed to be tracked. Um, but the, I kind of made a mistake of, you know, uh, tracking the uh, transaction fees, which was like very intensive because there were so many things to to pull and iterate over. Uh, so we just got rid of that uh, because it's very easy to just pull from events anyway. Uh, so that that was a, a large load off of the back of. Um, uh, you know, the transaction uh, block size. And then we just split up blocks to below five second speed. Um, and I'll get into kind of why uh, why we don't go faster yet. What are blocks at right now? Like uh, 4.99 like 4. 9 9 or something? Yeah, something like that. Um, and then stuff, that's the stuff that the users care about. The stuff that integrators care about is uh, we now have this, you know, instant testnet creation uh, that we upstreamed as well. And so, you know, if you if if you talk to your like other chains, what you should be asking them is, you know, when you do your test notes, how do you do them? Uh, a lot of people, you know, they they might make a test net that's just kind of this local test net. Uh, this is kind of the wrong answer. Uh, what we have experienced in the past is that uh, when you have mainnet states, this adds so much entropy that it just you know really highlights issues. And so what we used to do was we used to do this like state export test net where you exported all this data uh, into a new Genesis file. You created a new uh, testnet off of it. Um, and when we moved to SDK 4.7, uh, there was this issue where essentially it required, you know, a NASA computer, 256 gigabytes of RAM and like six hours of time to actually export the data. Um, and so what we did was we created this like in-place testnet creation and, and uh, we upstreamed it. So that pretty much every Cosmos chain now is going to be able to create these test nets like essentially instantly, um, and uh, be able to you know test with 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 state that that's mirroring mainnet. Um, uh, additionally, there was this like app hash issue. I don't want to go into detail too much detail. Uh, do the audience? I'm not sure like you know how much I should talk about for this, but like essentially there was this like data race problem where. Uh, when when nodes were queried heavily, uh, there would be different results and it would cause a node to just crash. And so that was fixed and other chains were having this problem as well. And we kind of, you know, distributed this to, to the other chains uh, so that they don't have this problem uh, also. Um, and so that's the stuff that we fixed so far. And I'll just really quickly go over uh, what we're going to be working on in the next few weeks uh, as well as months. Uh, so first off is faster epochs. How are we going to do this? Uh, we're going to probably start spreading the logic over multiple blocks. Right now, we just do it all in one. Uh, there's no real reason to do that all in one. There's there's a lot of things that we could spread over multiple blocks, uh, as well as, as Roman kind of talked about, was moving the incentive logic off-chain. How this will look is essentially uh, all the validators will run this sidecar. They'll determine, okay, this is what the... Uh, um, incentives should be for this for this you know epoch and then they'll post it on chain and then they'll run consensus on that so then we could do some like really interesting things like right now we're 
you take a lot of time to uh, figure out what the best, you know, most performant way to do incentives is. But, you know, when we run it off chain, we can do some very interesting, more complex deals of, of how we uh, determine um, uh, that. Uh, so for faster sync speed, we're moving over to IVLV1. This is another thing that we were able to upstream uh, fixes for uh, is that um, when, when chains moved over to IVLV1, uh, there is essentially this like four hour waiting period uh, where it's a lot of things are getting pruned and, you know, we can't have an upgrade where we're just down for four hours. So what we ended up doing was, uh, I say we, I think it was mostly uh, uh, some people from the IVL team as well as Dave, uh, were able to uh, basically sync, uh, or I'm sorry, prune these uh, orphan nodes uh, synchronously instead of having to wait for it. Um, uh, so that will improve with our sync speed as well as, you know, just analyzing profiles to just figure out where we can get better time from. And so once we do that, we can do fast, faster blocks. Like I said, it's, it's very simple to make blocks faster. Uh, it's just a parameter change. But the problem is, is that, okay, let's say we, we make blocks, you know, say speed, uh, and then we have all of this um, uh, traffic. You know, when it comes time for someone to sync a node, they're not going to be able to catch up to the head in time, and it just becomes very problematic. Uh, so first, we need to make the sync speed faster, and once that's done, then we can talk about making blocks faster and faster. Um, next thing is block SDK. Um, we're already, as Roman talked about, testing this. We're going to have some free lanes. Uh, so like claiming rewards will not cost any fees, as well as we're looking at uh, you know, having relayer transactions be free as well. So uh, we can probably, you know, whitelist some of the high, uh, the, the highly known uh, relayers. And so instead of having them have to pay all these fees to relay transactions, uh, they can just relay it for free. Um, a couple more things here, fee markets. Uh, you notice if you look at like, you know, uh, the, the block explorer, you'll see a lot of our bot transactions that just, purposely fail constantly. Uh, they pay a very little price for it, and sometimes they have a higher payoff uh, despite all the failed transactions. So what we're doing is going to just make these ARB transactions cost more money off the, off the gate so they, they don't have this incentive to just spam as much transactions as possible. Uh, How and, much more would this cost? Uh, we're looking at, I think it was, Roman can pitch in, I think it was like 0.5 Osmo per transaction. Um, oh, that's that's pretty big. Yeah, because right now they're able to spam it like 0. 0.001 Osmo, uh, and it, there, there's if you look at the transactions, it, it's just nonsense. It's not like helpful to the chain. How do you uh, determine if it's a ARP bot versus a regular? Well, I guess it's a occurrence. Uh, yeah, it's just all it is is if you look at the input uh, denom and the output denom. If it's the same denom, this is essentially an ARP transaction. Um, and so we're just trying to, you know, make these mempools more smart and just trying to filter these things uh, better. Uh, and there's there's a, quite a few more things I could go into. I'm not going to. Those are the main things that, like, you know, users actually care about. You know, I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions that uh, anyone in the audience has about, you know, if we're going to focus on other things performance-wise. Um, but yeah, this is kind of the blocker for us before we start really diving deep into uh, exciting features like um, perps and native bridging. Because you know what 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 matters is you know, how good is perps and native bridging if the chain you know uh, starts clogging up at any sign 
of uh, of volume. And you notice that, like, I'm not sure if you have noticed it, but because once it once it works well, you don't really notice it. But you know, if you look at the mempool, it has not been clogged once since the V22 upgrade. So the things we've already done is is, is great, and the things that we have coming is going to make it even better. And to highlight this is that we're also going to be sharing this with other Cosmos chains. We're not just hoarding it for ourselves so that we can, you know, uh, grow the pie, as you say, but like, you know, just make a Cosmos chain safer in general. Right. So um, with all the efforts that like got uh, patched up, uh, improved upon over the last, you know, one to two months, how much of that, let's say like, let's say there were, there was a hundred percent that you wanted to fix. How much of that was, what percent of that was fixed with the last two months? And then what percent remains that you want to address like the, the, the lion's share, the bulk of it? Well, like, like if you're talking about like an item is, is, is one unit, like uh, we, we've, we've addressed like 20% of the problems. Uh, but the items that we've addressed, like it, you have to like weigh the items, right? Like there's, there's high priority items, medium and, and low. We, we've, we've, if we're talking about strictly high priority items, we probably addressed like 45 to 50%. Uh, the remaining fifty percent will be addressed. Uh, not this coming upgrade, uh, where we're addressing uh, a small issue with uh, incentive distribution for the you know very high precision pools. Uh, we just thought we would get that out ASAP. Um, but after that, uh, the the remaining high priority items will be uh, addressed. You know, each one of these high priority items takes like a week of of just solid work. It's it's been a serious grind for this past month of just dealing with. You know these problems aren't very fun to to uh, solve. Uh, you know it's a lot more fun to do novel things like concentrated liquidity and you know, perps and native bridging. It's it's fun to to solve native problems, but it, you know it's just kind of the closet that we need to clean up and and uh, in order for users to actually have a, a good experience with Osmosis. So you think the next one or two upgrades, like pretty much every major item will be hit. Maybe some like small things that. Over time, will get fixed, but overall, yeah, chain performance all, will be all the high priority items should be completed by like I would say uh, we're on uh, twenty two right now, or uh, are we on twenty one or twenty two? Yeah, we're on twenty two. Uh, so, so by twenty four, I'd say uh, it should be should be all the high priority items knocked out. Oh, and if I may add something. Yeah, so, so, like uh, some of the some of these improvements that um, Adam is describing, they are kind of uh, even at times independent of the chain upgrade. For example, one of the uh, qu quick wins that we have achieved is um, setting a transaction uh, TTL or time to leave in our front end app. So um, the idea here is simple: is that uh, we estimate a height at which the transaction would time out uh, so that during the times of congestion, uh, users would be able to get feedback about what happened with their transactions. The reason why uh, 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 the feedback is not there uh, uh, without this field is because the way that, that Cosmos SDK uh, mempool addiction works uh, is that um, after the transaction initially getting into the mempool, we run a certain like set of uh, checks to determine its validity. But then uh, the order of transactions, so uh, uh, some other swap, for example, may make the current swap invalid. 
And then we would have to rerun the sequence of checks uh, to see uh, if the um, uh, transaction submitted by us is still uh, uh, valid and possible to get on chain. And if it's not invalid, there is no like way to uh, signify that feedback uh, uh, in the uh, in the app. So um, with this uh, uh, timeout height, uh, we did like a small change, but uh, ended up uh, unlocking this uh, huge pain point. And um, there are like many other medium to low priority items that we uh, will be focusing on concurrently with the uh, with the chain uh, scope of things. Awesome, you know, very, very in depth. Um, do we have anyone from the crowd that has questions with uh, Adam or you know Roman as well uh, on the chain performance side? All right, I guess uh, that's a no. Sunny, any anything else you want to dive into? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let's see. You know, uh, one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, as did earlier was uh, WBTC. So I know it's been a long time coming, but uh, w the native WBTC on Osmosis is finally live. Uh, there's a stable swap that's been start created between the native one and the Axel version. Um, and so, yeah, you can swap over if you're holding WBTC.Axel. Uh, so it'll be, it's now renamed to that. Cool, 1422. Um, yep. Um, and so, yeah, there'll be, you know, in the there are new pools being created, WBTC pools with the new native version. Um, and I think the idea is that we're going to propose that uh, governance shift all the incentives away from the WBTC or Axel and into the new native WBTC. So this will, you know, you'll be able to hold uh, WBTC on Osmosis without any Axlar bridge risk. So that's. Uh, Quite exciting. Um, uh, yeah. So then, on top of that, uh, let's see. We, the, uh, there's a couple of market makers who are going to be like uh, bootstrapping some of the liquidity on on the on those pools. Um, you know, just the number of market makers that have been onboarding on Osmosis in the last couple of weeks is just uh, insane. And so, uh, some of them have been you know contracted via. Uh, some of them have been contracted via um, the uh, OGP as part of the governance proposal that uh, uh, Osmosis uh, approved a couple weeks ago. But then, honestly, most of them have just been very organic as well. So uh, OGP will be like issuing, you know, their uh, report on giving giving an update on on the whole. Uh, status on the market makers that they've contracted. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, speaking of market makers, I, I mentioned this earlier, but Astroport will be deploying on uh, Osmosis in the next coming weeks. Expect to see their proposal probably go up on the forum, maybe by, you know, probably sometime early next week. Um, all the code has been, you know, tested, tested on testnet, and, and we're looking uh, good to go. And I believe the idea is that they're going to start with a couple of pools, primarily, uh, you know, Neutron USDC, Luna USDC, Say USDC, and uh, in, in Injective USDC, um, and of course Astro uh, USDC. Um, so yeah, 
looking forward to having them live um, and putting incentives on those pools. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, we have some new uh, smart accounts work is coming along quite well. Uh, session keys is going to be the first usage of it, which basically means like the, the whole one-click trading experience, but with a lot of safety features uh, built in to make sure that you know, someone can take control of your browser, you actually install a malicious browser extension, all your money doesn't poof away. You know, there's a lot of product, crypto projects out there that have like one-click trading. You know, you have it on DYDX and on Avo and a couple of others, but like, you know, on almost all of those, like if you have a malicious browser extension, you're, they can basically steal your whole account. Uh, and we're trying to like, you know, take a very security conscious approach to a lot of the smart account work that we're doing. Um, and finally, uh, probably something people have been waiting for for a long time, probably one, one of the top requested things in like the history of Osmosis is we have finally begun work on a mobile app. So we'll have an, a native Osmosis mobile app that, you, that people will be able to use. Um, it'll, you know, when I say started, I mean like literally we like, you know, ran the create new React Native app uh, command, but uh, so it'll, it'll definitely be a few months before we see anything, uh, you know, like a, a beta version live on like test flight or anything like that, but uh, it is coming and on the way and, you know, uh, the Foundation has hired like developers specifically for the mobile app development. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, yeah, I think that those are the main updates we have. Uh, oh, uh, one other thing is uh, on the Osmosis, if, if uh, anyone's looking to get involved with some Osmosis contribution, um, we have bounties now actually on the uh, Osmosis front end repo. So, you know, there's small bounties ranging from like 100 USDC to some of them up to like even a thousand USDC. So these are just like small quality of life improvements that like, or like small, but that, that like, you know, have been requested. It's just like, you know, uh, our front end team doesn't have the capacity to do them right now. So we're just giving out these grants from the foundation, like micro grants to, you know, some of these take like an hour. If you're a, you know, a React developer, maybe it'll take you like an hour or two of work to just like knock them out and, oh, nice. This is a $1 bounty for like an hour of work. So, uh, you know, and, you know, who knows where that leads. I believe Adam, uh, you know, started by just doing open source contribution to Osmosis, and now he is one of the core developers. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we did have a question come in about mesh security, and I believe mesh security right now has a fully working testnet that has four chains on it. So they'll be, you know, adding support for unstaking and unbonding and unbonding, and everything seems to work right now. So we'll we'll get more updates out on mesh security as the mesh team provides more updates. But that was the update as of yesterday. So moving on, it's it's it's, it's um, in its final legs. Um, do we have any questions for Sunny? It looks like a die nub, please. Um, Hello. Are you guys able to hear me? Yep. Yes. All right. Awesome. So the ARC transactions, was it 0 0.5 Osmo fee for failed transactions? Or would that also be a fee on successful uh, transactions that are detected as arbitrage? So any arbitrage transaction, uh, this number 0 0.5 can change. Uh, it's just the current value we have. I think we set it to like, 
you know, 3x the, the, the value, but 3x of 0.001, you know, is, not, is still not uh, sufficient enough to stop the spam. Uh, so please, if you have, um, you know, valid concerns about, because arbitrage is important still, uh, I, I acknowledge this, uh, maybe 0.5 is, is too large of a number. Uh, so we could probably cut this down, as I, I assume you uh, are implying. Um, but uh, yeah, I just we, we just need something in place to stop the, uh, if you look at MintScan and you look at each block, you'll see these OCC transactions. And it wouldn't be a big deal if, you know, they were just scattered and sprinkled. But what they're doing is they're like uh, setting max gas to like a million and they only need 100K. Uh, but they're doing this because uh, the, the cost is so low to use a, like such an, a, million, a million gas for, for such a, uh, a transaction that they just do it anyway. Yeah, I'm aware. I monitor the, the blockchain quite regularly. I was just wondering how it would impact the successful transactions, but basically people that are not spamming. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's uh, yeah, if you guys have recommendations, please, please let us know. And this will be a, uh, a parameter change. So uh, whatever we do, if, it, if it's too much of an overshot, uh, we can always uh, dial it down a bit. All right. I've uh, followed you on Twitter in case something else comes up in the future. Awesome. Thank you so and much. That's all I got. Uh, Thanks. Something that I would like to also add uh, on this point uh, that I think is going to be interesting is uh, the Block SDK integration that uh, uh, would uh, help us to detect uh, the ARCs and direct them into custom uh, mempool lanes. So uh, with this customization, we would be able to um, either uh, uh, encourage the ARCs to go through a top-of-block auction and uh, compete for the top of block auction space or uh, participate in a localized fee market where uh, the fee would grow uh, only specifically for those ARPs. So once that integration is live, I think um, it's going to be like very, very interesting and uh, lower uh, uh, or like easy operations and uh, transaction flow for everyone else. Yeah, the, the the solution I explained is like this uh, band-aid approach. Uh, definitely, what Roman's explaining is 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 the ideal world to live in. Um, yeah, excited for excited for that for sure. And uh, Skip Team, as always, working super close with us and testing things. We just uh, probably could have launched Block SDK a couple you know upgrades ago, but Skip Team's being great about just being completely safe with it, uh, which I totally respect. And I'm sure uh, the uh, everyone agrees on we should be yeah, safe. Awesome. Do we have uh, any other questions for anyone up here? Okay. It's uh, probably, probably good for today. Our return of updates from the lab. We'll be back once a month, every first Wednesday of the month. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thank you, Sonny, Adam, Roman. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you all. Up, oh, Will. Not sure if Will had a question or if this just bugged out. Yeah, I think it's I just heard, bugged out. I'm trying to like I add Will. A wait right before I dropped off. <laughs> there was a, I think Will had some. Oh, there he is, speaker. There we go. Will, welcome back. Hey, yeah, and everyone's stepping out now. That's fine. I just want to say I've been, uh, I've been asking about this for like months when you guys are all coming back and just want to say uh, super grateful that these are happening now. And I have the monthly on my calendar now. So. I yeah, I might like have uh, seen your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
just uh, just applauding you guys on uh, osmosis continues to ship faster than just about anybody in the space and there's just you know just as you rattled down today there's like dozens of things all happening at once and i feel like this like unified space just to get everyone on the same page is so invaluable because if you're just following discord and twitter and all these other things you just uh you know it's just a blur yeah and we're gonna have a recap of the um twitter spaces as well um i don't know what the timeline is maybe a few days but we'll get recaps out every month as well so that way there's there's a place to just read a quick little five five minute summary or probably less than five minutes honestly awesome Thanks, that's all for now. See you guys. Thanks. Bye. Motherfucker screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape them under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down. Got him acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear, flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knives And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over the impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds, fond doing the morning Forming mycological bonds, flick the cap Yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lay Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle Leats, tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs We got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king You better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Spaces.